This week's Major Spoilers podcast goes out to Marvin Derry. You remember him. He called his brother Chuck from the Enchantment Under the Sea dance. Sarah Starr, Nathan Olson, Dwayne Harder, Janusz Stripek. That's fun to say. Cody Dixon, Jeffrey Sire, Daniel Purcell, Tenjin Ming, and Brian Gatley. Fine and faithful spoiler rights all, and this one goes out to they. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. I'm Zach. And I'm Steven, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In this issue, hi, hello, and say how are you, and welcome to the Big GC Show here. Lots of the big sounds playing the big tunes between now and midnight time. Temperature checks, news on the half hour, and we got that internet. We don't know what it is. It's a series of tubes or a worldwide something, or maybe it's just a communication tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography, but it's also the home of the Major Spoilers podcast, which is on the air. Welcome to issue 521 of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. And at least one of the three of us have done all of our homework this week. Right, Zach? Is it me? I did everything. It was totally me, wasn't it? And oh, and there's Matthew, too. No Rodrigo this week. Yeah. He's he's got a little migraine again this week. So uh, I I don't want to come in today. (laughs) The light hurts and the static in the ears hurt. And I'm sure high-pitched whining hurts. So (laughs) I'm sure that does not help the migraine. How dare you, sir? That's not high-pitched whining. Oh, This is high-pitched whining. Let us get to some news. (laughs) Uh, The free comic book numbers have rolled in and things look really good. Uh, the first f- full trailer for World's End has arrived, and Marvel's Avengers Assembled this Saturday. Any of you guys watch that? Spin that Wheel of Destiny, see where we land. Mm, the first full trailer for World's End has arrived. This is the U.S. trailer. <laughs> this is the Simon Pegg, Nick, Nick Frost uh, repairing uh, with the uh, director. Yes, Nick mm-hmm. Frost. You've seen him From in movie movies where- like Paul... And uh, Shaun of the Dead and uh, um, Hot Fuzz. Fuzz. I thought Nick Frost was that movie where Michael Keaton died and came back as a snowman. No, that would be Jack Frost. Yes. My bad. I always get those confused. Uh, This, uh, apparently, Zach explained this to me. Mm -hmm. The previous two films that the trio worked on was Shaun of the Dead, zombie film, Hot Fuzz, satanic uh, cult. Right. How does the world's end become the end of a trilogy? Um, well, it doesn't, the, yeah, <laughs> in a sense, it doesn't at all. So they're in lying a sense, to us it again, slightly does. And the fact that, uh, I'm not sure how this trilogy idea became a thing at first. I think it's, it was fan generated almost to a point. In the fact that, uh, Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz came out, and they like both had a lot of blood. And they had scenes of ice cream in them. And so... Uh, Wait, what? Yeah. It's called the Blood and Ice Cream Trilogy, or the Flea... F- the is, Three is Flavors Cornetto. Really? I, I, I don't know if this is an official thing, or kind of a fan-generated thing that, that came out of it. Does it sound official? No. <laughs> no, okay. But it, I believe it was started, or stated Actually, own, at the when beginning. You, when you make up a colossal lie yeah. like that, you have to own it, Zach. But I'm not owning you just, it. So when, when Matthew says, people. is this something that people are saying, you say, yes, it is. I have researched this. <laughs> I have annotated it. 
but, and therefore well, it's it is true. The but look up three flavors. So learn yes. to own yes. your statements, Zach. Own but your statements. It is the end of a trilogy in the sense it's the end of Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg doing movies together. Why do they hate each other? Uh, no, I think they're just going to retire and like live on an island. But and Simon, make other movies Simon Pegg has to be Scotty in at least one more movie. Right. But Edgar Wright is not involved in that. He's got to make another Ant-Man movie with Simon Pegg. Right. Oh, Simon Pegg's in there. Simon then, Pegg as Ant-Man? And then it would cross oh, over. Hello, I'm the Ant-Man. Hello. And, and the movies have shared a lot of actors as well. So that kind of spills I'm into this sorry, whole thing. I'm sorry, that was my Martin Freeman. Uh, I apologize. My Martin Freeman is different than my Simon Pegg. Good. So uh, 40 years ago, these uh, these group of friends decided to do a most awesome pub crawl, mm-hmm. and they did not complete it. Now, 40 years later, Fail. Gary King, 40-year-old man trapped in the cigarette end of his teens, who drags out his reluctant pals to their hometown and once again attempts to reach the fabled pub, The World's End. As they attempt to reconcile the past and present, they realize the, r- the real struggle is for the future, not just uh, theirs, but humankind's. Mm-hmm. Reaching the world's end is the least of their worries. So we watch this trailer, mm-hmm. and uh, it becomes apparent pretty quickly that it's a uh, alien invasion of some kind. Mm-hmm. Clones, robots, Stepford Wives type uh, community. You know what I find interesting? What's that? Simon Pegg on the poster looks like Simon Pegg. Yes. Simon Pegg in the movie. Yes. Intentionally is styled completely different so that he does not look like Simon Pegg. Have you seen what's the Run Fat Boy Run? Have you watched that movie? No. no. Oh, it's really good. He looks like Simon Pegg, but he's like puts on a lot of weight and then he loses trying to lose it mm-hmm. um in an attempt to win his ex-wife back. It's a really good movie. I didn't think I'd I'd like it, but uh it doesn't look like almost doesn't look like him in the movies either. Wow. So mm-hmm. Run Fat Boy Run. Um Yeah, I'm not going to read that. No, it's it's really good. It's it's. Uh, I, I I'm offended by the title. If you have a girl in the house, ha- well, that's that's part of it though, because mm-hmm. he is his ex-wife is or is being courted by this very rich snobby asshole, mm-hmm. and he just ben constantly, Stiller? not quite, but very much that in that like in that vein, Stiller. very much in that vein. I think it's the guy uh, Craig Ferguson. I forget who it is. Look it up real quick. Um, Craig Ferguson. Um, but just always. Uh, Always picking on him, so he gets it into his mind that he's going to be a, a better person and, and run this marathon. Um, Hank Azaria, that's who it is. Oh, he'd be good at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd really like it. It's it's kind of a it's kind of a if you've got ladies in the house, they'll enjoy it too. Um, it doesn't have the raw crazy humor that you might see in Hot Fuzz or in anybody uh, in my house can constitutes necessary a lady person. or in Shaun of the Dead. But I guess knowing ahead of time that this is an alien invasion movie, does that ruin it for you guys or? Make well, it, we uh, didn't more know until you said it. <laughs> well, you watched the trailer. Yeah, but the trailer was about robots. Well, I mean, it looks like robots, but where are the robots coming from? The robot Apple. factory? Apple made them. Apple made Maybe. Them. I don't know. We don't know. It doesn't say that it's an alien invasion <laughs> well, or anything like that, but that's iPod. what I took from it. But it does it make you... Well, Apple. it wouldn't be a robot because they smash one of their heads and then they have... like. Well, it's uh, hydraulics. Well, I said, oh, they said ink. It's like ink. See, that's my Simon Pegg right there. <laughs> it's entirely different than my Martin Freeman. I don't. I, after watching it, I was kind of a little bit let down. Well, here's my thing: in that, sh- certain, I don't know if this has been rated yet. 
no, according to the poster, it has not been rated yet. And so most certainly this will end up being an R, much like Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead. So I think to get the real full effect of The World's End, we'll need to see a Red Band trailer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, there, there's still some funny bits in here. There's a lot of funny bits in it. I was just expecting something else. I don't know I'm what, but I was expecting something else. Hmm. Well, and you know, it, it it kind of like into the I just thought from the, the title the, and things. It seemed kind of like one of those big chill at the end of the world kind of films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like the end of the world was happening kind of deals. No, that's that Steve Carell movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's a good one, by the way. Is it? I will have to check it out. I you hope will. it's better than Silver Linings Playbook because I didn't care for that. Boo. So uh, is that the one where uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. plays the football player? No, it's the one where the uh, person with a mental disability hooks up with another person with a mental disability and they try to make their lives right by dancing. I've seen the Kardashians. <laughs> I, at least that's what I got out of it from <laughs> the mean, uh, half that I watched <laughs> before I fell asleep. Uh, I guess that's one reading of Silver Linings Playbook. <laughs> well, am I, am I wrong? No. I mean, not one point. No, you're not. You're not. Not that off. Uh, but it does have Zach's favorite uh, Stephen actor can boy ruin in any it. movie. In like Ooh, Bradley Cooper. Words. It's got Bradley Cooper Ooh, yeah. in it and uh, the girl from Hunger Hi. Games. Yeah, I'm a double Bradley dose of attractive hurts up in that movie. Bradley Cooper. Oh yeah. And then uh, for the fans of uh, the older fans, it's got Robert De Niro in it as well. Yeah, but is he Robert De Niro? Is he that uh, robot that plays Robert De Niro? He's by kind of. He's yep. kind of a little bit toned He's down good. from Meet the Meet the Falkers, but I don't a think, little bit in the same um, attitude as Midnight Run. If I don't think you really got into his character if you fell asleep halfway through. Yeah, I fell asleep about halfway through. Yeah, and I woke up again. I, I woke up in one of the ballroom scenes. Yeah, there was a lot more to his character. Woke like up and Meet the halfway Falkers to the end. Totally different. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Uh, are you guys interested in seeing the world's end or not? Most definitely. Based on that trailer, I might. I'll probably see it when it shows up on Epics in a year. Oh, sure, sure. Because you don't go to the theaters. What what would what would get you to go to the theaters? Did you go see um, Iron Man three? Not yet. I might. Um, I can't remember the last thing I went to the movies for. Uh, Widget and I went to some movie. You went to Avengers when it came out, didn't you? Oh yeah, I went to Avengers. Did you see the Avengers? Yeah. Oh okay. We saw Avengers twice actually. I can't remember what it was though. There was something this. This last summer, we went to the movies more than once. We saw something dumb. I know we saw Up. When was that? A couple a years ago. ago. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Before Avengers, it was probably Up. Okay. Oh, wow. I can't remember. What's the last movie I saw? Brave. Brave. That's what it was. Thank you. So not enough. World's End is not enough to get you into the movie theater. Was it a particular uh, It depends on whether I'm bored or not. Ah. Now, the, the, the group participation portion of the show is now over. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I'll go see that. I'll definitely see this if it, when it comes out on uh, mm-hmm. iTunes. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I don't do know that. if I will go to the, to the movie theaters to see that. You have to, you I'm have to pay go. for the iTunes? Yes. Yes. I'll go to the theater to watch this, mainly because I've been too young to see the other You haven't seen Shaun of the Dead? No, I've seen him, but I never, I never got to see him in theaters. Yeah, he was so, like 13 when that movie came yeah, out. Yeah, Shaun of the Dead came out a long time ago. I think Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz came, came out, out when like I was like a junior later. or something. Yeah. Shaun of the Dead is 10, 10 years ago. Yeah, Shaun of the Dead. So Zach would have been 11? Yeah. Something like that, yeah. So 12. I'm excited to see a Edgar Wright, Shaun, uh, Simon Pegg movie. Edgar Wright, Shaun, Simon Pegg. Shaun, Shaun, Simon Pegg. 
Sean, Sa- weren't you all you up on uh, the last good, it, it, great movie? Weren't you all up on uh, Scott Young, Pilgrim, Young, Young Pilgrim versus Zach? Oh, uh, yeah, that movie looked like crap when I saw it and saw the trailers because I never read the comic books. I was like, man, this movie looks really stupid. And then someone's like, oh, no, you got to go see it after it came out on DVD. And then I watched it. I was like, oh, my God, this movie is awesome. And so do you had, regret style, missing it? Oh, yeah. The there theaters? are like two movies at the moment that I totally regret not seeing in theaters. One of them are. is Scott Pilgrim and the other okay. is Inception. Citizen oh, you King. don't I regret see... missing Citizen Kane in the theaters well, or okay. Chinatown the in the, the theaters or could actually go Singing in the Rain in the in theaters. theaters. There well, are, if it's a, a movie you can't see other... in the theater now, it doesn't matter when you couldn't see it. I mean... <laughs> I'm well, sad I didn't I guess get that's to go one see of the D.W. Griffith's Inception. Well, see, that's that's part of the problem, uh, I guess, living in, in towns like where we live. I don't know if, if Topeka does it. I know Lawrence has the Liberty Theater, and sometimes they do that, where they will have uh, showings of older movies. Old movies. And certainly in bigger, bigger cities, you can find an art house or something that yeah. will occasionally run, you know, Birth of a Nation or something like that. Um, I don't know. I, I went and saw, what was that movie I saw a couple weeks ago? Oh, Star Trek, uh, mm-hmm. Into the Darkness. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I enjoy, I, I go to the theater and I enjoy the spectacle, but more and more when I sit there in the theater and I'm sitting in the row that I need to sit in to be away from as many assholes as possible, mm-hmm. I still find that I'm sitting there going, you know, I could just watch this in my home theater if they'd sell it to me right. for a right. $24.99 rental. Yeah. You if, know, if I, if I go to the movie, just me and the widget. I'm out 50 bucks. Wow. That's the thing. We go, we get the tickets, you know, you get a, you get a drink, whatever. And it, I mean, it's one of those things where it has to really be heavy risk reward for me to go to the theater. So I'm probably not going to see Star Trek and across the universe until it comes out on video or something. Yeah. You're not missing anything. Well, I, I, from what I understand, I've already seen this movie in 1982. <laughs> so I'm good to go. <laughs> You did. And I liked it in 1982, eh. but I am a fan of rich Corinthian leather skins, so. Well, we'll get to that in a moment. In a moment. <laughs> but first, listeners, head over to Majorspoilers.com. You can check out the trailer to World's End for yourself. And I'm sure, as Zach said, we will be seeing a Red Band trailer. Eh, when does this movie come out? I think like July or something. August July 23rd. Night. Yeah, long time. So I'm going to bet probably about July we'll see a Red Band trailer for this come out. Yeah. It's coming out in England in July, so we may see a Red Band trailer before that. Yep. Oh, yeah. And listeners, while you are over at Major Spoilers, check out another one of our podcasts, Munchkinland. This week, uh, boy, just like this episode... Rodrigo is out. Yes. And so Zach and I and Rob sit down and play a game of Shea Geek. And it's a oh lot boy, of fun. A lot fun. of people said good things about it. And I think the funny part was Rob got to play himself. Yes, he did. And he still ended up winning. <laughs> so he played the ultimate slacker. So go check that out over at the Major Spoilers uh, <laughs> website. Or if you're looking for all of the podcasts, you can go to iTunes or you can go to the RSS feed and check out the Major Spoilers Podcast Network Master Feed. All of that stuff is in there, including uh, a dueling review, which Matthew and I missed last week because I got um, super, um, super sick. Yeah, in fact, you should have heard in him. An he upcoming, like heck. In an upcoming uh, Critical Hit podcast, you can just hear me go downhill as we record. Yeah. Um, but Matthew and I will be getting to another dueling reviews this week. By the last episode, Orem sounded like Torque. Hello, I'm so sick. <laughs> uh, uh, I was wondering if I could just take it. I'm going to go sleep even though my eyes don't close. Duckies. 
Um, if you want to be one of the fine people who get their name mentioned at the top of this show or other people? shows, it's more uh, like no, 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 one of the many people who get oh, their name fine. shouted out at the top of the show or in our other major spoilers podcast. Here's what you need to do. You go over to majorspoilers.com. You'll see a little funding goat campaign drive right underneath that. You can make a $10 a month recurring donation. All those people who make a $10 a month recurring donation, get their name shouted out, get a show dedicated to them. And some of these people like, uh, maybe not this week, but I'm pretty sure next week. Oh, Daniel Purcell. He has been a long time, uh, subscriber. Yeah. I recognize, uh, Tanjing Ming as well, as well as our good friend, the great Nate Olson. <laughs> All those people have been recurring donors for a long, long time. I, I, my mind sings it to the tune of the great space coaster. Go ahead. He's the great Nate Austin. And then you're trapped in space for 50 years. <laughs> oh, for a minute, I thought you were going to say, uh, sounded like the beginning of Land of the Lost. And the land of Nate. I did like Big John Little Don. That was kind of cool. That one had uh, Cousin Oliver growing up to be uh, Dorothy's ex-husband from the uh, Golden Girls. Really? Or vice versa. Yeah, he found this, this fountain of youth, see. And occasionally he would turn from, you know, the bald old Dorothy's husband into cute little Robbie Wrist. And then he'd, he'd you know, walk the earth and have adventures. Okay. Let's get to Big some reviews. John, oh, John, look it up. I went to Colorado Springs this past weekend. Whoa. Holy crap. And one of the things that you drive through a lot of little towns when you, because you take I-24, you go I-70 to I-24. Oh, yeah. And you drive way. through a lot of little towns on the way. And I swear, in one of the little towns I passed, I looked off to my left and I was passing one of these kind of junky lots. <laughs> I swear I saw the RV that Shazam used to drive around in the 70s. <laughs> and I was driving so fast and, and it happened so fast I didn't have time to stop Shazam! and get a picture of it. But next time, I guarantee you that van will be or that RV will be sitting there. I want to get a picture of it. Picture time. Yes. Okay. Reviews. Reviews. Out last week from uh, Boom Studios and their Kaboom imprint, Adventure Time number 16. Kaboom. Boom. So you've been a big fan of Adventure Time, right? Yeah, just uh, recently, I'm a I'm a, the the cool Xbox Live kids called a noob to Adventure Time. <laughs> Sorry, what? Don't worry about it. You're too old. Shut your face, <laughs> Pally. I was calling people noobs back before noobs was noobs. Oh, on the entire web. Back when noobs friend. was a new word. <laughs> exactly. We invented noobs. We also yeah. invented LOLOL, which is laughing out loud. Out loud! That seems redundant. Shut your hole. <laughs> Zach 2. <laughs> <Bye -bye. laughs> anyway, Adventure Time. Uh, adventure You're Time. <laughs> uh, adventure Time number 16 is the beginning of a new arc. Great jumping on point? Uh, that's what the solicits say. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah, it, it is a pretty good jumping on point, especially if you've watched Adventure Time before, because you're going to get a lot of great characters. Obviously, there's Finn and Jake, and then there's uh, the Wizard King and uh, Lumpy Space Princess, all right up in the beginning as Lumpy Finn and Space Princess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She, she's, she's a good one. She's a princess from space, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's all lumpy and stuff. Like, save me already. She talks really funny like that. Uh, anyway, so Finn and Jake get all huge, and they're battling the Wizard King. They're like, boom, 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 boom,
and LSP utters the phrase that Finn and Jake are true ultimate heroes. And a trapdoor opens, and they are sent on an ultimate quest through a dungeon with the Wizard King, because the Wizard King totally wants to be friends with Finn and Jake, because he's really not that cool, but maybe he is cool, and we kind of see a, a sappy side to the Wizard King in this issue. Cause, side to the Wizard <laughs> Duda. Uh, he explains why he kidnaps pr- princesses all the time and the fact that he's not doing a bad thing. He's actually doing a good thing and saving these princesses from a from dull days of telling peasants what to do and how to fix all their problems. And he's totally understands because he's a wizard king of penguins and he understands their and <laughs> of their horrible days and wants to save them and make them his wifey. And so they have to go through this uh, dungeon to test ultimate heroes that apparently the Wizard King created a while ago, but it's been so long. It's been hundreds of years. He can't remember what he actually put into this dungeon challenge. Mm-hmm. And so that gets all wacky. And you see, <laughs> and you see the Wizard King is, is obviously a kook, if you haven't figured that out from the show. And like you are a new reader to Adventure Time. He, obviously, he's a sad, strange little man who... Uh, creates women to hopefully like him so he won't be alone and it's a lot of fun it's, especially if you under if you have a grasp of who the characters are and the fact that Jake and Finn do awesome adventures and the Wizard King is a lonely guy who tries to join them and he he tries to enjoy them join them and all their plans are making to take off uh, take down all these dungeon monsters and Finn and Jake like, oh, okay, I'm going to go attack him up front, and Jake, go attack him out back. And it was just going to be like, I'm a part of this plan also. And then they'll go do thing, and he just kind of stands there and obviously does nothing. And uh, Finn and Jake, at one point in this episode, break one of the greatest dungeoneering rules of all time, and the fact that they picked up a duck in the dungeon. No! They picked up a duck, <clears throat> and an ice queen snatched them which was another one of the Ice King's inventions. He create, tried to create a queen for himself. And so more dungeoneering happens, and you get to an end. And it's a continuation of this new arc, and it is a whole lot of fun. And then there's a couple stories at the end, which are wonderful and do most of the characters again. So that's good time and a couple quick uh, page stories. And this is really fun. Uh, I don't read very many comics that are properties, but this one... Can, can really stand on its own without the Adventure Time show at all mm-hmm. from what I've read and uh, they do a lot of cool stuff within a comic especially if you read the free comic book day Adventure Time issue it was like a choose your own uh, story adventure yeah. they don't do anything like this in this issue but I think they just use a comics medium to tell a story that not like you're not seeing it being told from some of the big main stories and they really use uh, the format of comics to advantage. And they do that in a couple of things here with uh, panel layouts and some of the art. And it's just a good old good old time in the land of ooh. Art uh, art is good. It is, it's essentially the show art. Uh, so that's it's 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 wonderful and crazy and uh, creepy in a cute and funny way at times. And they, uh, they is did it a, a one shot or is it a no? It's it's an, on the sword is an end. It does a, have an end in it. No, it doesn't. Oh, okay, so it, it's it, it'll continue. I okay, continue on the rest of the arc. Uh, they do flashback art in part of this when the Wizard King's telling his story, and it goes to crowns, 
which looked awesome. So it's just a, a really good read. And so if you're a fan of Adventure Time or not a fan of Adventure Time, just want to read a uh, quirky, funny comic, I highly recommend uh, picking up Adventure Time number 16 from The Kaboom. And I'm going to give this one uh, four slices of meatloaf. Four slices of meatloaf Adventure Time out last week from Boom Studios. Out this week from uh, Dark Horse uh, Comics, King Conan, Hour of the Dragon number one. Do like me some Conan books. And uh, so I said, okay, I'm going to pick this one up. And uh, so this one, did you just spill it? Nope. Did you make a big mess? Nope. Good, 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 good man. Uh, so this one <laughs> tells the story of, uh, or King Conan is recounting one of his many adventures to his scribe. Um, and it tells the story of these group of, uh, not really outcasts, but uh, one of the members of the group um, was supposed to be king and he was not. His uh, brother took over. And so they raised the 3,000-year-old corpse of a great wizard to help them out. And, of course, as time passes, the 3,000-year-old wizard takes over, uh, helps take over the kingdom. And then the new king decides to declare war on the neighboring kingdoms, of which king, uh, Conan is, is one of them, uh, one of the neighboring kings. And this is all the road of uh, thrones and all of that stuff that we've read before. Uh, so they get ready to go to a great battle and Conan starts having a young Conan starts having all these visions of death uh, waiting at his door. And just as the major um, attack is about to occur, the wizard pops out of nowhere, strikes Conan with a uh, paralysis uh, bite of some snake and Conan okay, falls down pretty much. And Conan is paralyzed. So he sends out one of his best guards dressed as him to lead the army so that they can fight the the invaders and of course the uh the evil wizard has a plan and caves in a valley on top of conan's whole army and conan must uh, basically fight off this army advancing by himself here's a hint this is a flashback <gasps> conan survives uh, it's part one of six um a lot of times when people approach conan as a character there are a couple of ways you can approach him mm. you can approach him as a true barbarian sure. who has a a limited vocabulary who basically is the, the um, Arnold Schwarzenegger um, cliche of, Oh, you say this means nothing to me, you know, very um, um, limited speech. And then you can treat Conan as someone who's very smart and very bright, but who's also very strong. And that's what they do in this book is they treat Conan as someone who is a very good tactician, someone who is um, smarter than what you may um, appear to think of a barbarian might be, but the problem is all the other times that we see Conan, um, anytime that he speaks, they use a rougher word balloon around his dialogue as opposed to other people in the scene. And when they talk, they're usually using a normal round word balloon. Mm -hmm. And so you would expect that when you have the broken or the, um, more straight edge word balloon, that that represents a more baser language or, a, you know, a a gruffer language, but the words, the dialogue doesn't match that, that style. Mm. So I have a real problem with this, with this book in that the words coming out of Conan's mouth don't feel like they're the words that should be coming out of Conan's mouth. They look one way and they feel another. Yes, exactly. And so I think that's probably the biggest complaint that I have about this. Well, except the fact that, and really with any Conan story or Batman story or uh, Captain America story, you're not going to see the characters die. Right. Right. And so, and if they do, they come back within a year, Matthew. Um, 
But uh, so there's really no threat, even though, you know, you see Conan get struck down. I guess there's the impending question of how does he lose his wife? How does he lose his kingdom or does he lose his kingdom? And how does he get out of this predicament, which is always the fun part. How do they get out of the predicament? The art in this is fantastic. Oh, my gosh. This looks like colored art of tales you would have seen in the 70s. The black and white Conan stuff mm-hmm. is just really, really that good. The art is by um, Thomas uh, Guerrero, Guerrero, Giorello, Giorello, I'm going to guess is, is uh, how you say his name. Um, but it's fantastic. I could just look at this art again and again and again and again. And it just every page is just a treat. Uh, no double page splashes. Everything just comes at you in uh, four and three and occasionally six panel um, presentations. So if you really want a good Conan book, I say pick this one up for the art. The story is okay. I mean, I really dig this scene where they resurrect this 3,000-year-old guy and they're trying to explain to him um, about Hyborea and and talking about all the different kingdoms. And he's like, these names, they mean nothing to me. How long have I been gone? And they're like 3,000 years or three centuries, sire. Um, Or maybe it's longer. It can't be three centuries. It's a little bit longer than that. Um, that but would be it's, 30 centuries. Yeah, yes, it'd be 30 centuries. Uh, but it's really cool how he's just like, ah, I see. Show me this Conan. And he basically claps his hands together and he brings an image of Conan sitting on his throne before him. It's just the artist fantastic. So I suggest you go out and check this out if you like Conan. Uh, I'm a little conflicted with the way that they present Conan in this. It's still a really, really good book. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. I'll be interested to see what uh, happens in the second chapter. But I'm giving this one three and a half slices of meatloaf out of five. King Conan, the hour of the dragon number one, arrives in stores this week. Hour of the dragon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, the hour Matthew. of the dragon holds the brew that is true. Matthew, it is your turn. Remember back in the day we used to watch this movie that for five seconds had Farrah Fawcett in it called Logan's Run? <laughs> I remember that movie. It was pretty cool. Ed Michael York, who grew up to become Basil Exposition. Yep, here comes the carousel. Yeah, and there was also a really, really terrible television series featuring Gonzo from Trapper John N.D. as Logan. That I remember very clearly. I'm sorry. That sucked. Well, I have that kind of memory. But apparently Logan's run was based on a book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I wasn't sure what this, this word book meant, so I looked it up. And it's apparently like comics, only it's all words? Yes. And it was kind of confusing for me. So I was really happy to find out that Blue Water Comics was coming out with more Logan's Run. Logan's Run, colon, rebirth. And this book, I believe, is due out either, is uh, it next it's, week or the uh, week after? Last week, 22nd. May 22nd is when it came May out. May 22nd? Is that yes. last week? Last week. Are you sure? Pretty sure. Today's the yep. uh, 28th or the 29th, depending on when this hits the entard webs. Hello, future Dang. people. Wow, what day would it have been if I'd have read this in the past? Logan's Run, Rebirth number one from Blue Water Comics. And the first thing I can tell you is the cover is pretty hideous. I, I, I just, I, there is something freakish about it. There are three figures, um, all of them ostensibly human or humanoid, and they have really weird elongated faces with noses that you could cut glass with. And I'm just kind of like, ew. But I'm willing to give something a chance, even if I don't like the cover. And these days, honestly, not liking a cover is kind of the rule for me rather than the exception. So I'm reading this, and it's got this whole Logan's Run thing. Now, if you know a little bit about the story of Logan's Run, 
It's set in the future. Um, I believe it was in the year 2270-something. And it's a, a future where populations are so high that people only live until they're 21 or 30, depending on you know whether it's the movie or the book. And at that age, those people are taken by the Sandmen, who they're either killed or thrown on the carousel. We're not sure what the carousel is all about. This book starts with what I believe to be Box from the movie. And here is another problem. The, the continuity of the film and the continuity of the original book are somewhat different. This is actually written by Bill Nolan, William F. Nolan, who created right. Logan and Logan's Run. Mm -hmm. So this may be dealing in continuity with which I am unfamiliar. And I think but, they, they had a, a previous series to this, uh, actually a couple of different series of, of Logan's Run. Uh, that followed the book, I think, a little bit more closely. We've reviewed them before sure on the I've site. I read Last Day. Yeah, Last Day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, those were interesting enough. This seems to, if it is Box, and I believe it is Box, and if I'm wrong, someone right now is screaming on the, on the subway. Um, uh, probably we not. <laughs> we see the backstory of what led to the creation of the things, the horrible radiation sickness due to the war, people dying off. And basically humans, oh, well, on the, the humans who are undiseased, being transformed into something different. So this most of this book is an origin story for a character whom, again, if I know my Logan's Run, and I'm not necessarily, not necessarily going to claim to be a Logan's Run connoisseur, appears in the second half of the story. So there's a lot of science fiction tropes at play here and there's a lot of moments where i'm just kind of like this would be fascinating if it were drawn by someone else and i don't mean that to sound as awful as it is the interiors are a little wonky when you have an exterior shot i feel like the anytime you see something that's outside a landscape looks pretty good i like the fact that there are certain places where we're clearly in these huge caverns these metallic caverns those look fabulous when there's a human being on the page they all look elongated and weirdly angular and kind of disturbing kind of like um michael turner's fever dream mm -hmm. and when i get to the point where we see our our robot friends step out for the first time and there's a big clunkety clunk clunk it's a really great moment and the layout of the page is awesome and it could be something really fabulous, but I don't feel like the artist is really entirely up to the task before him. So as we go through the story, you see moments where I'm like, this should be awesome. And the storytelling, the story that's actually being told is pretty good, but the art keeps kind of not holding up its end of the bargain for me. So we find out more about this character. And again, as we open the book, we've, find him left half crushed in a cavern as I think we saw at the end of the book and or the movie as the book ends dun 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 cliffhanger I'm not going to give away all the spoilers but something dramatic happens and I really like the Did they turn 21? No. I I really like the something dramatic. The and I gym like, fades off. I like the use of the two time frames, or in this case, three time frames. There's the future. There's the future of the future. 
And there's the past of the future that is still in the future of the future, but still in the past of the future of the future, if you see what I'm saying. Is Farrah Fawcett in this? No. In fact, if Farrah Fawcett were in this, I'm afraid it wouldn't quite have the same effect. The <laughs> one panel, the one panel that's actually fabulous is the last page of the book. And I, the last page of the book has a character who may or may not be Logan. Spoilers! But it looks really, really awesome. And I think it's the point where I don't know if the artist is, is just kind of getting his sea legs under him. But artistically speaking, this is a very difficult book to parse. It's, you know, uh, Kenneth, I believe it's Kenneth Marion. Well, I, I don't know how to, to put it other than there, there are people who draw people really well and can't necessarily draw exteriors. And there are people who can draw exteriors really well but can't draw people really well. This is a story that requires the first but gets the second, if that makes any sense. The story needs someone who can draw a really expressive face and a really, you know, a really understandably human human so that when the terrible things happen, when conversions take place, humanity being changed into something else, humanity dying, people dying all around them, you know, diseases and shot by sandmen and radiation poisoning, all of that requires somebody who can really draw a human who is approachable and recognizably human. Hmm. Even well, if you stylize it. You know, you, I know a lot of people stylized. I know a lot of people will say, Oh well, that's blue water for you. And I've said that a lot of times myself. <laughs> but, you know, it seems that, you know, when you're a smaller publisher, you have to find the people that you can afford, and maybe this is what they can afford. Could be. And you know, there's there's not necessarily anything a hundred percent wrong with the art. I just feel like the story that's being told needs more. The art and the story aren't quite meeting at the same point. It feels like, you know, an 80-20 split on the, the work being the heavy lifting here and the art maybe kind of, you know, screwing around and having a beer in the backyard. So uh, Logan's Run Rebirth, colon Rebirth. I'm going to go with two slices of meatloaf. I like bits and pieces of the story. There are still a lot of things that I don't understand, even knowing what I know and reading the previous issues. I feel like there's a lot of really strong concepts, a lot of really strong characters. The setup presumes that we know an awful lot, probably yeah. that we've read all the previous Logan's Run miniseries. And the art just doesn't quite get the job done for my taste. It's not, it's not terrible. Yeah. It's just not, it's not what this story needs. I guess the, I don't know, I guess the problem and something that you will, you've put yourself into is, well, you don't understand it because you haven't read everything else before. And how dare you <clears throat> review a book that uh, you don't know anything about what's happened before. And I don't what? really like that argument from mm -hmm. people. I, it's, I it's really kind of a. It's it, a BS argument. Yeah, it is it really. Is. But I mean, I guarantee you, if one of us were to go out and review a charmed comic book right now and mm -hmm. say, well, I didn't read the previous four issues. You're going to get thing. people are going to mm -hmm. yell at you. So, I mean, this is what on, you on the one hand, I don't review series. Sure. I don't review concepts. I don't review, yeah, you review Charm, the television show. I review an issue. Right. I review, uh, you know, a piece of this Logan's Run story. So, right. you know, even if I've never read Logan's Run, 
my review is just as valid as any yeah, other. Yeah, that's true. Right. No, 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 you're right. totally it's, right. It's a guidepost. No, 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 you're totally right, and I'm not uh, condemning I'm awesome. you for that. No, no, no. You dare to condemn me! Uh, I'm just saying that the, the thing that I hate whenever someone says, I don't know what's going on because I'm not familiar with what's going on before, people mm -hmm. will attack you for, oh, well, you haven't read what's going on before, so how dare you read this book, when really they should be saying, hey, you know what? Logan's Run, colon, Rebirth, number one, should have taken it upon themselves to at least include, and maybe they have, I don't know, I haven't opened up my copy of it yet, um, include a summary of what's happened before. And I, th and I guess this is why I like Marvel and have gotten into the Marvel books that I've gotten into, because every book opens with a recap page. Mm -hmm. And it's not just a paragraph. It is a fleshed out mini summary of what has happened before the key points that you need to know in order yeah. to get into this issue. And I don't know if Avengers, that's the, they actually draw out like the, the coming attractions, like a trailer of it yeah, yeah. has led up to this point. Yeah. And that's what they do in amazing Spider-Man or the superior Spider-Man. Uh, that's what they do in daredevil. I mean, it's, it's really, really well done. And I really think that in general, other publishers should take it upon themselves to do the same thing. And I don't know if it's an editor that does this or if it is the uh, the writer that does the recap pages, uh, but I find it so much easier to jump into a long series like Spider-Man or a long series like Daredevil and say, oh, I understand what's going on because of this recap page. Mm -hmm. And perhaps if Blue Water had done that with Logan's Run, colon, Rebirth, number one, then maybe you would have known a little bit more of what's going on. It's definitely possible. So here is my plea to the publishers. Everybody, please put a recap page in your books and not just a little, yeah. I mean, Conan tries to do that, but they bury it like in the, uh, in the credits page, they have like one little paragraph uh -huh. that's really like down in the bottom left-hand corner. So it's almost like the last place you would look. Uh, but I really think more people would be able to get into comics if there was that recap page. Agreed. So that is my, uh, that's my rant for the moment. Rant! <laughs> Rant time. Listeners, you can uh, check out more reviews over at Majorspoilers.com. Uh, some really good reviews up this past week. In fact, there's a brand new one, Transformers Robots in Disguise number 17, that Chris Wilson has written. I think that book came out last week, if I'm not mistaken. And, of course, a lot more uh, comics. I, I did, a, did a survey. We review on average. I wish it was more, but we review on average about 50 books a month. Not counting the podcasts. Mm-hmm. Because uh, in this podcast, we normally review three or four, and then Matthew and I review one on the, uh, on the review show. But on average, we hit about the 50 books a month, which is, uh, which is a shame because there are hundreds of books that come out so every many. month. And I bet we hit about a quarter of them, maybe. Mm, I'd say that's probably accurate. Man, there's so many good books out there. Hopefully, you will find yours this week. In fact, why don't you use the comments section and tell us what book did you yeah. Read what this you week. Like? Yeah. What's, what's your damage, Skippy? Or even better, so smart. You can call in. <laughs> you can call into the Major Spoilers Hotline and share your review. <laughs> Matthew, that voicemail number is what? 785 727 The Major Spoilers Epic Hotline. And here in a moment, we will hear uh, Cat Halo. He's going to call in with his review of Fast Six and Epic. Nice. The first. <gasps> Let us but get first, to that part of the show that everybody loves. It's time. Oh, my goodness, my. Whew. 
I think I have a delay because I didn't quite interrupt you. No, no, I've got, I've got both the uh, the belches and the dry mouth at the same time, so it's like... Oh, that's just... That, 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 yeah. Wow, that's gross. Yes. Nothing grosser than that would be like having an eye infection or something. Uh, well, yeah. no. It's time! There, there's a book called Everybody Farts. Really? <laughs> and my son read that this week. I think it's Everybody Passes Gas or something like that. Oh, that's more perfect. And it goes into a breakdown farts. of how you fart and how you uh, burp. That's that that's amazing, and I have things to say, but I'm going to seem really stupid if Can I start Can you belch him as the alphabet? Some no, I was gonna, <laughs> it was more yeah. in the line of everyone farting. There's uh, oh, a book called that. Everybody Poops, too. Yes. Written by the same guy. No, wow, he really likes the uh, the butt mechanics in his <laughs> literature. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> the I, butt I, mechanics. Have you heard my new band, The Butt Mechanics? <laughs> <laughs> we do all nine inch nails cover bands only that's, as that's my I was gonna say that's my flock of seagulls cover band. Um, I wanna boink you like an animal Major spoilers poll of the week, 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 week. So I'm guessing only two of us are gonna be able to participate this week. Did you well, you watch Star Trek? Only right? two of us know no, what it is. But I will but I oh will my gosh. but I will participate. You still haven't seen Into Darkness? No. I was on vacation in a place that has No, remember no he has never seen any Star Trek until the very uh, Star Trek 2.0. Go put your head in the corner until the adults are done talking. Well, you haven't even seen Into Darkness yet, so it's yeah. You haven't even you. seen the movie that I is part seen, of the thing. No fewer than seventy-four times. So, <laughs> so here we go. Major spoilers poll in a week. Who would win in a fight? "Quote unquote," John Harrison, which I should have put quotes around his name, John sure. Harrison, John um, who uh, goes by this other name that Harry we won't Johnson. mention. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, or. <laughs> Khan Noonien Singh from, uh, well, you could either go Space Seed or Wrath of Khan, but I was looking for some uh, bare-chested Khan, and the only one I could find was from Wrath of Khan. from the heart of hell, I stab at thee. Yeah, this uh, Into Darkness, not quite, uh, not quite Moby Dick. Yeah, well, and there there are problems with that original movie. Do you realize that they never meet? Oh, yeah, face-to-face, yeah. Yeah, they never actually actually meet one another. And that's something that I've always considered to be kind of a weakness. And by the way, anyone who, who likes to whine about the chest, that is reputedly know, Ricardo Montalban's chest. And that's why I put in the, uh, apparently J.J. Abrams got a lot of flack for the uh, Adam Eve uh, underwear, gratuitous underwear scene yeah. that they had in there. And he was like, well, I was trying to, I was going to balance it out with this shot of uh, Cumberbach in the shower. But it didn't make sense, and so he cut it out, and I guess he showed like a three-second clip of it on uh, Conan or something like that. And so that's where we got the picture of, uh, quote-unquote, John Harrison with his shirt mm. off. What's, what's his name? Cucumber Dick Bendybach? Uh, Benedict Cumberbach? Or yeah, Cumberbatch? Yeah. <laughs> Engelbert Humperdinck? <laughs> so who would win in a fight? Benedict Slappdyback. <laughs> quote-unquote, John Harrison? Or Khan Noonien Singh? <laughs> Zach, who are you going to cast your... Hat in the ring for. Well, as it's who are you been stated, your, have, who are you going to toss your fake chest into the ring for? I haven't seen either, either one of, of these. the properties that the poll is discussing uh, who, today. So, who looks more badass, Zach? Well, if we're going on who looks God. more badass, uh, entertainment and podcast, pop culture podcast, <laughs> and we've got Zach. Uh, I'm going to say, well, based on the poll images, looking more badass would definitely be the Khan Nunesung. 
guy. Minuta, how are you? I don't know how you pronounce the name. Oh God, because uh, let's be honest, he, he's got he's kind of like a, he's got some rich Corinthian leather going on. He's there got on some the chest nice plate. hair flowing. He's got a Stop I think a, a chest plate, a predecessor of the 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 those little white neck shell necklace with a big shell yeah, on his chest. Hookah, hookah shell, hookah shell mm-hmm. necklaces. He's right. got a, sh- a shirt made out of a lovely couch. He's looking off in the distance, like oh that person over there, I'm going to kill him. Now that's pretty badass. And this and then John Harrison, he's like. Uh, I'm in the shower and it's sad because I might have killed someone. And so, based on the picture of that, (laughs) you'd have to say, I'd have to say Khan. But that's not who I voted for. Listeners, you do, you do realize, you do realize, listeners, that this is how 90% of America votes (laughs) in uh, political elections, correct? Yes. Right. There's that one, I remember the poll when, uh, when uh, McCain had his nice like fur jacket on and his big shell necklace, I remember that image. And then yeah. Obama was in the shower crying. I remember that. I remember that poll on Yahoo. If that's God. the one you're referring to, and McCain to. was all like, "From the heart of." And, and on, Matt, on that, Matt. based on that, you would have thought Sarah Palin might have won based on the shower one they showed of her. Sadly, Matt, Matthew, it's the next generation will be taking care of us in 20 years. You do realize that. Right? <laughs> Don't count on I did work in long-term care, so I'm equipped. But back to the bull. I voted for John Harris based on the fact when these people start fighting, John Harris will have the power of lens flares oh, okay. to blind Khan okay. into some, I'm going to say, uppercut or <laughs> uh, uh, tear-fisted punch. Tear-fisted? Cause well, because he's, he's crying. He's in the not shower, crying Matthew. in the shower. Keep up with the continuity of my discussion. Shower. It's hard I'm to keep sorry, up with I, you, Zach. <laughs> I kind of just sort of blanked out at the point where you're talking about candy bracelets. Matthew, what about you? Who's going to win? "Quote unquote," John Harrison. Well, here's or the Khan thing: the power Singh. of lens flare is trumped by the power of well-oiled Mexican pectorals <laughs> <laughs> and rich Corinthian leather. Dude, if you, it, I, I'm sorry. No matter what you say to me, I couldn't find. If, I couldn't find a, a young con image where he had a shirt. Those are off. tougher. He actually you can find, looks you can find Asian. The, yeah, you can find the red, uh, you know, the red jumpsuit stuff all over the place. But I couldn't find one where he had his uh, shirt off, uh, seducing Nurse Chapel or anything. I don't think he seduced Nurse Chapel. I believe he seduced another uh, crew member, uh, Lieutenant MacGyver. Oh, okay. Mistaken. <laughs> yeah, you're out there. Trekkies are like, holy crap, the fat guy got one right. You're welcome. But um, more importantly, it does not matter who is on the other side of any fight. You could have a picture of Spy Grandpa. You could have a picture of Mr. Rourke and frickin' Tattoo. And I'm oh, going to go, yeah, Montalban. Really, all Montalban. the time? Uh, Montalban all day, every day, man. But this is Montalban this is, is con- like a guaranteed hundo. Montalban. This, this isn't Montalban versus Cumberbach. This is Khan versus quote unquote John Harrison. But you have to understand Khan, played by Ricardo Montalban, is exponentially cooler than Khan, played by anybody, even, even Cucumber Dick Bendybach. Okay. Uh, just so uh, a word of advice, con- uh, people con- don't go check out the IMDb for Star Trek Into Darkness. Why? Does it tell you such a thing? Yes. It spoils the whole movie right there. Well, it spoils the big reveal that people have been jumping all over my ass for the past. Maybe you should have said that before this poll started. There you go. Maybe. Uh, (laughs) How did the rest of the major spoilers uh, nation vote? I am seeing right now 106 votes, 54% leaning towards boohoo and in the shower, 46% leaning towards glistening dramatically in a shirt made out of, uh, I think that's some sort of upholstery. 
That may be a 67 VW Beetle interior he's wearing, but damn if he isn't wearing it well. Oop, now there's 111 people, 53%. Ooh, Khan picked up a percent. This one's, this one's close. Andreas says uh, John Harrison would win. Ricardo Montalban isn't in fighting shape, says uh, Pierce. Uh, based on what they did in their respective movies, I think John Harrison would win in a fight, says Mark. He's a lot more action-y and always seemed to be a few steps ahead of everyone. However, I think Ricardo Khan Montalban was a much more sympathetic villain in his passion for revenge, and his reasons behind it were more relatable. I didn't get that from John Harrison character, but I think both movies were pretty great. Yeah. Um, let's see. Bob says Khan. Blue Yonder says Khan. Uh, Alicia, Alicia says Khan. There you go. And I'll tell you this. After Khan moves to Arlen, Texas, with his daughter, Khan Jr., <laughs> uh, it actually gets even more awesome. <laughs> Because uh, he's he's lay ocean, <laughs> the ocean, what ocean? <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, you, you can head over to Major Spoilers there. and you change his last name to Sumpanusen phone. You can cast your opinion or your vote in the Major Spoilers poll of the week. Hopefully, you come in and more informed than Young Zach does. God, <laughs> God save us all. If not, just vote with your heart. Let's take a quick uh, break. Let's listen to uh, this r- couple of movie reviews from Cat Halo, and when we come back. Oh, hell, I don't know what we're going to be talking about. Nobody did their homework this week. (laughs) Greetings and salutations, Major Spoilers. Cat Halo back again. Now, I know it's been a while, but I've returned with a few thoughts and a few flicks. First up, Fast 6. My review is up on the site already, but here's a couple of quick summary thoughts. This is a fun movie. The cast are all pretty much back, and they all get moments to shine, but it is the rock that shines brightest. He's way better in this than he was in G.I. Joe 2. The cars are indeed fast and the action is furious, but it is a pretty darn dumb movie. Not as much fun as Fast Five, but if you like the fast flicks, then you'll definitely get a kick out of this. If you don't, it's still an acceptable high-octane slice of summer action fun. Also, I'm just back from seeing Epic. This movie looks really quite spectacular, even if the design of some of the characters is a little too reminiscent of the blocky, squarey Ice Age faces. The voices are all suitably famous and good, except, of course, for my schoolmate Colin Farrell, who just sounds bored. Did you hear me drop that name? Oh, yeah. The action is really pretty, and the story is adequate. I reckon the kids would really like it, and the awesome visuals should be enough to keep the grown-ups interested. And that's pretty much it for me. Um, Next weekend is After Earth, and the weekend after is a small movie called Man of Steel. Um, I hope to be back on my thoughts with both of these in due time. In the meantime, take care of yourselves and have a great week. Again, thank you for that. And listeners, if you want to hear the crisp, clear sound of a mono, mono MP3. Mm, mono. <laughs> yeah, we don't send this out in stereo. It takes up actually more bandwidth and more file space to send it out Plus in stereo. Plus you don't want yes. me in stereo because then I could do my Corgi and the Juice Pigs joke. But if you want to hear this in the best optimal MP3 sound possible... You want to do it with a pair of tweaked audio headphones from our friends at tweakedaudio.com. A lot of different styles, a lot of different varieties. Sounds really good. And when you use the checkout code MAJOR, you get 30% off your order. Tweakedaudio.com. So there was supposed to be a discussion this week of newspaper strips. Newspaper strips. Part of it is my fault because I thought we were going to talk about Pogo or Popeye or something like that. And then I didn't, uh, I didn't do the necessary orderings and filings before the long vacation holiday. 
Are there even Pogo collections available? Yes, there are. There's a really cool one from, it's either Fantagraphics, and I'm sure Bruce Otter is already jumping in here. It's all like, um, what's wrong with you? Let me look here real quick. It's either by <laughs> Fantagraphics. My yes, name the, is Bruce Otter, and this is how I talk. Pogo, the complete syndicated strips by Walt Kelly. It's a three-volume set that you can get um, through the Wild Blue Yonder, Bonafide, uh, Balderdash, and Evidence to the Contrary. Which comes out ooh, in a couple of. <laughs> That's the Butt Mechanics' first album, right there. Bonafide Balderdash and Evidence to the Contrary. And then uh, I thought, oh, maybe Little Abner, but I couldn't find uh, the Sadie Hawkins. Those are uh, stories. Although I had those as a kid, and so I thought, oh, well, maybe we'll just all just kind of reminisce about our favorite newspaper strips. And I'm sure Matthew and I could go on for an hour talking about our favorite stuff. Seven. Far side for me. Oh, yes. Is, uh, one of the, uh, one of the greatest, I think, you know, next to Calvin and Hobbes, uh, the far side has, it, it actually created its own niche. Oh yeah. I mean this, um, uh, irreverent, um, crazy off the wall humor. I mean, it spun off a yeah. number of things. What did you say? You read, uh, tank, uh, mechanic or tank, tank McNamara, <laughs> tank in, McNamara in the bleachers. Yeah. That was in the, not in a the bleachers. Yeah. In the bleachers is a, is a ripoff. Um, yeah. There's a number of them out there today that there's are just far side. Lumpy gravy, and there's something called um, Pardon My Planet, perhaps. And they're all, I mean, it's all just the 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 one strip, and it's all anthology. You don't have any right, right, running right. characters, and it's just. Well, you know, it, I mean, Far Side does have some quote unquote recurring characters. You have the nerdy looking kid, it's you more have of the a cows, you have the chicken. They don't play the same role every time. It's like Saturday Night Live. Where, right, right, right. You know, you know it's Belushi. Mm-hmm. And he may even be called Belushi, but he's not necessarily playing Belushi when he's trying to sell you little chocolate donuts. Well, and then the other thing, too, that's nice about it is it's not like the family circus where you look at it and you groan and go, oh, my God, kill me now. It's <laughs> like you look at it and you read it and you're like, oh, this is funny. And maybe it for some people... <laughs> Maybe for some people, it's a joke grenade, because I remember there was someone that we worked with in college who we would all sit there and we would read the far side and we would laugh and we would giggle. And then you'd hear this one person go, ha, 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 oh, that's funny. And then like an hour later, she's like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> because sometimes you had You're to think. Her <laughs> you Sometimes you had to think uh, about the, the gag because it was either so visual punny or just right. such a... a weird i don't know it's not really a geeky thing but it, you had but to be aware of, of the topic perspective. Yeah, yeah 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 that you Have really really it. really had to get it and sometimes they're really funny and sometimes they maybe weren't as great yeah um, and even the ones that are bad though the ones that nobody gets like cow tools are yes. are pleasant in their in their own psychosis because Cow tools is the one that started the huge thing. He was just like, I'm going to draw these, these weird tools on the thing. One of them looked like a saw. So for months afterwards, people were like, what does this mean? What are the tools supposed to be? I don't get the joke. And finally he's just like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. yeah. Hooting, in, but, in exci- hooting excitedly, primitive scientists, Thack and Gok try out their new time log. <laughs> and it's just two cavemen on a log hovering above modern day with people pointing. We meet them. again, Professor Henderson, but this time I have the advantage. Yes. It's a, it's duck. a duck. Yeah. That's what makes it funny. It's yes. A duck. Or the one where it's kind of like a William Tell, but it's a really tiny apple on top of the kid's giant head. Yes. Hey, Dad, 
Go ahead, shoot the Dad, apple. Shoot. shoot the apple. Um. <laughs> so one. Zach, you have never read, and this is the problem that I started to get into is. Zach has not read newspaper strips. Yeah, not really. My name's Zach, and I don't know what it is. I mean, I'm obviously young. Obviously, that's been pointed out multiple times. If you've listened to the Major Spoilers podcast, welcome, new listeners. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that. But I, I grew. I've been going up in a time where newspapers are quickly dwindling, disappearing, Mm -hmm. and uh, especially growing up in a smaller town, the bigger papers i don't even remember if we, we had if we got the big that. if we got the hayes daily when i lived in the old, in the old q town we might have oh. just got the gove advocate which did not feature uh comic strips what <laughs> huh you could fold that one by the way yes it's very small uh so me reading comic strips was not something that happened Ever. until recently. Now that we are reading these until, until twenty years the after the fact, until this last month, we've backed him into the corner, and he's forced to bite at us. Yes, baby in a corner. So, Zach, uh, if you've never read The Far Side, uh, just do a Google search for The Far Side. Do an image search, and you will suddenly be yeah. uh, witness to probably every single. Gary never, Larson never uh, strip that's out there. I'm, I'm currently there's doing one it. where this guy's on the phone and he's like, "Sir, yeah, I didn't want to call you, but everything, well, everything's kind of gone. You know what?" And at the top, there's a big sign that says "Haywire Company." Yes, <laughs> that's a good one. There's there's another one that uh, there's this kid standing in the yard and uh, the sign on the gate says "Beware of Doug." Yes, <laughs> guys named Doug love that one. You remember Doug? <laughs> Doug loved that one. Didn't yeah, he, he did. <laughs> Uh, the, By so the just way, you need to be aware of Doug. Be aware of Doug. Be aware of Doug. Know where Doug is at all times. Got it. <laughs> Two uh, skeletons driving their cars, having a, a wreck with one another. Bonehead, numbskull is what they shout at each one at one another. Yeah, <laughs> the bears in the abandoned car. <laughs> oh, or the one where all the cows are standing up in a field, just having a chat. And then one of the cows goes, car! car, and then they all go down in their four legs and they're acting like cows as the car drives by. And then after it drives by, they're all standing back up again. <laughs> That's a good one. That yeah. one's awesome. There's a lot of them. I mean, um, Midvale, the school for the gifted and the kids pushing on the door that clearly that says one. pull. <laughs> um, there's just so many good. Uh, I use that one to make fun of my kid. No, that's not nice. <laughs> she pushes on doors that say pull. I do that. <laughs> there are just so many far side cartoons out there, Zach, that are really, really good. I think yeah. you need to uh, take a look at them. I have not bought. They do have the uh, the giant far side, the complete collection mm-hmm. uh, that people might want to um, check out. Let's see. What is that uh, over at the Amazon? The complete collection, 1980, ran from 1980 to 1994. What year did Calvin and Hobbes end? Roughly the same, roughly the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like right after. Hundred bucks, you can get the complete Far Side. That's cool. That's worth it. I would say someone out there, it may have been Mela, just said, "I'm going to go buy that right now." Oh, you really should. You should use that link over at Amazon.com. Here's here's the good deal about that link at Amazon.com. Same price. Get it the same time. If you say you want it next day, it still comes next day. You don't pay extra. But a little bit does come our way, and it helps us do, well, I would say fine shows like this, but. <laughs> fine shows that are actually fine. Yes. 
shows like Zach on Film, this week on Zach on Film, Chinatown. Look for it in the Major Spoilers Podcast Master Feed. Next week, The Two Jakes. Oh, All, well, no. Also, yeah. Hell Froze Over. Yes. <laughs> um, what Do you have one, Matthew? I have many. Um, as much as, as it's old school and kind of antiquated, I always used to love Little Nemo's. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the old, I, I remember reading a bunch of those. Our yeah, public I, library had a big volume of these. Ours, too. For whatever reason. Had, and these weren't the shrunk down because a lot of times the Little Nemo stuff would run a full newspaper length. A full page. And they would, I mean, they broke so many, well, they created by breaking so many rules of sequential art. A lot of the things that, you know, we love today about comic book storytelling really came out of this time period. Because yeah. comic books actually originally were just collections of comic strips. And the gutters that we have in comics are entirely from the use of, you know, like the gasoline alleys and, you know, the cats and jammer kids breaking up those individual pages. Mm -hmm. Gasoline Alley is another one. Yeah, Gasoline Alley is really kind of cool because it's one of those where the creator decided to run it in real time. So you got to see, and the cool thing was my my grandparents, for whatever reason, would get this magazine called The Good Old Days, and uh -huh. it would be republishing um, newspaper articles and stories from like the 1920s and 1930s, and it also had a comic section in there reprinting comics from that time period. And so every once in a while, about every six months, they would have gotten a, quite a stack of these things. Mm -hmm. And I would go in and I'd start reading the comics. And the cool thing about Gasoline Alley is uh, the grandpa character, who I think just died a few years ago, yeah. was a little baby in the first yep. uh, uh, strip. <sighs> and so through time, through the 60 or 80 years that it's been going on, you yeah, see that character, seven. old Sizzix, I think, or whatever his name Skeezix. is. Skeezix. You saw him grow Skeezix. up in real time and get mm -hmm. old. Wow. And you saw him have kids and them grow up and them have kids and yep. start to grow up. It's almost. And then the, they uh, died. And then they died. Yeah. And it's, it's always sad. What's and that's the one really weird that they get away with that too. Uh, for better or worse. Yes. Uh, did that for a long time, for a long time, the, the, um, creator held the characters in kind of a stasis yeah. and they always were about the same age. Uh, lizard breath was about 12 and the other boy was like 16. Yeah. And they were always the same age. And then finally the creator said, you know what? Time to start aging these characters. And so over the last 20 years, we've seen Michael and Elizabeth grow up and have kids of their own and start going through a lot of these same things. Yeah. And marry a douchebag. You know, I, I after they, after they kind of made the decision, I guess I stopped reading it about the time Michael got married and had his first kid. Uh-huh. Um, that's, that's kind of basically where I stopped reading it. One that I'm sure you probably haven't read that I love, 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 ran for two years. Frumpy the Clown. No, I'd never, never read that. Frumpy the Clown is amazing because Frumpy the Clown was uh, Judd Winnick, who is now, you know, award-winning guy who ruins comic books, as everyone likes oh, to say. Come on. Judd Winnick. I love Winnick. I love everything he's written. And even the even stuff the that stuff he's ruined? That I, even the stuff that he's ruined, <laughs> I kind of like. Um, but Winnick started out as with this frumpy the clown strip that was very Doonesbury, bloom county weird but it also had this character at the center of it who was a clown and for no reason he just showed up one day and the 10 year old boy brought him home to live with the family and he ended up renting their room and the the kind of the bloom county lunacy eventually happened and then it went kind of weird when frumpy became a substitute teacher at the school where the kids <laughs> went okay and I mean, it's it's got this real bizarre heart to it, 
but there's a whole episode where Frumpy is is trying to explain to the principal why he took the kids on a field trip that ended up at the mall. <laughs> and he's like, Frumpy, sometimes children are to be taught. And he's like, no, principal, children are to learn. And I'm like, wow, that's seriously preachy. And then they threw in a punchline and made it funny. Mm. And it has uh, the funniest punchline of all time, which is, have you been putting grapefruits down the toilet again? <laughs> Which is where I get the line, it's the again that makes it funny. Yes. <laughs> that is, what is that as a reference? The, yeah. It's the again that really makes it funny. You know, um, I, I really owe it to my, my grandparents to, uh, introducing me to a lot of these strips. Because, again, our local paper had, you know, the Far Side, Calvin and Hobbes, uh, Blondie, Beetle Bailey, um, Wizard Vid. Hi. Lois. No, we didn't have High and Lois. That was the interesting thing. We had Beetle you Bailey, but no High, High and Lois. Lois, which is weird because uh, High and Lois spun out of Beetle Bailey or vice versa. I forget which way I it think went. Beetle spun out of High and Lois. Beetle because is Lois's little brother. Brother. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we had uh, Blondie. Mm -hmm. Trying to think what else. So we had Family Circus. Yeah. Did you have BC? No, we didn't have BC. We oh, had Wizard of, we had Wizard of Id. Yeah. We had uh, Far Side, Calvin and Hobbes. Peanuts. Did you have, they'll do it every time? No, but I've oh, read that before. Cool. But see, so when we would go up to Kansas City, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, uh, my grandparents, my grandmother would keep and, and save the comic strip section out of the Kansas City Star. And, you know, they had pages of stuff. Well, at one point they had pages of stuff. Um, right. So some of the stuff I'd already seen before, ha ha, Miss Buxley, ha ha ha, the general is such <laughs> a cad, um, to stuff like BC and um, uh, some other stuff. But... And I don't know if it was because of my parents, but there were all of these paperback collections of comic strips. So when it comes to Dennis the Menace, my favorite Dennis the Menace is like 1950s Dennis the Menace or 1960s Dennis yes. the Menace. You know, the really, really rough drawings, really mean-spirited Dennis stuff. the Menace. And it's because my grandparents had these little paperbacks that collected Dennis the Menace strips and had these paperbacks that collected the peanuts over the years. And I don't know if it was my mom and her brother and sisters bought these as kids and my grandparents never just threw them out or if my grandparents bought them and just never threw them out. But when it came to me, I would pick them up and I would start reading these and going, oh my gosh. And, and my grandmother had a back room just full of old books and things that she never got rid of. So I would pull these things out. And so the 1950s and 60s Peanuts, I, I got to know intimately. The young Dennis the Menace I got to know uh, mm -hmm. back when he was a little bastard. I got to know, um, <laughs> I got to know, um, Oh, the one that I was thinking of a couple of weeks ago, we, we pals, um, they actually had some collected, we pals stuff, uh, from the 19, I think that was the 1960s, 70s. What was that? This was this, um, little bit preachy, but it was a syndicated strip that ran, uh, started in 1965 and ran into a hundred daily strips. And it had a lot of diversity. You had an African-American kid, a Mexican-American kid. You had a, a couple of Caucasian kids. You had some Asian kids. You have Native American kids, a Jewish kid, Vietnamese. Oh, this was the the one with the carefully ethnically balanced group of children. Yes. yes. Oh, and I hated that. One. I know, but see, <laughs> I got I kind of got into that for a while uh, because they had this book, and one of the books that they had, and I kind of I was like, Grandma, I'm going to take and borrow this, and and I'll never return it. And I didn't tell her I'd never return it, but I said, I think I said I'd return it when I got done with it was a collection of little Abner strips. Mm. And the cool thing was you didn't read it like a traditional book. You had to read it sideways so that the, you could get like four strips per double page. 
And it was cool because I got to learn all about the city Hawkins day dance. I got to learn all about, um, uh, little Abner's pig and, um, uh, how everybody wants to eat him all the time or eat her all the time. Uh, the wedding of Daisy, Daisy May and little Abner, uh, the guy that was, you know, uh, bad luck, uh, breaking the dam and stuff. And it's just these craziest stories that you would ever read about these hillbillies mm-hmm. living in what Kentucky or Tennessee or somewhere like that. Dog pet. Uh, dog patch. Did you go to the Hayside musical this last no, year? No, I did not. Did you? They, yeah, was, they did little Abner. Oh, well, yeah. So there you go. Wow. So you've heard of one. I have. He didn't know that half it was point. a, he didn't know that it was a comic that. strip though. He knew it well, was give a him musical. Half Once, w- when I was there, I knew I really, when I walked into the lobby, I knew it was a comic because it had like strips of stuff. Oh, did they? On the walls. And no, I don't go to any of those, any of those things. So, yeah, because uh, those things are not cool. Well, it's not that they're not cool, but take you have to leave the house and put on pants. And- yeah, well, that's probably <laughs> the biggest thing. So you know it's, what? it's uh, it was it was a great read, and the first time that I finally got, I was able to sit down and read it was the night of a terrible lightning thunderstorm mm-hmm. where our power was knocked out, and oh, I no. had to sit there with a candle, and I just read that book in the dark. It's probably <laughs> one of the reasons why my eyes are so bad today. But I went through all, I don't know, 100 pages of that little book. That's cool. Probably read about a year's worth of uh, Fearless Fosdick um, <laughs> and uh, and read through it. And I was just like, oh, I've got to get more, got to get more, got to get more. But because this book was published in like, I don't know, the 70s. 1960, Probably. Well, it was probably published in the in the 50s or 60s, knowing my grandparents. They never picked up any more. And at that time, no one was collecting little Abner strips. Heck, you couldn't even find collected peanut strips back then, except for what my grandparents had. Yep. Now, you could get, uh, oh, what was that? Al Jaffe. You could get Al Jaffe stuff oh, in printed God. books. And you could stuff. get you could get Sergio Leone's, not Sergio Leone's, yeah. um, what's his name, who John, also did did this mad uh, art. Don Martin. Don Martin. You could find all Search. of his stuff. Sergio Leone. Sergio Leone. Sergio Aragones. Sergio Aragones. That's what I'm thinking of. Um, but you could find all that stuff, but you couldn't find older stuff. And that's why I'm really pleased that like Fantagraphics and IDW are going through and, and collecting these things and reprinting them. Because now people can go back and experience things from, oh, hell, little Abner started in the 1930s. Uh, so it's it's really a chance to go back and see what what storytelling was like. And you had mentioned little Nemo. I mean, these huge, I mean, the Popeye collection that Fantagraphics puts out, they don't do it the full newspaper size, but it is an oversized book. It's a, I don't know. I want to say it's like 14 inches tall, maybe of the thimble theater stuff. Uh, it's great. And I think people ought to go out and check it out in the same way with the Nemo books. I think I've got Nemo somewhere, that first collection that they did. My, my room is a mess. I need to pay Rob like, (laughs) 50 bucks a day or something to clean up my nerd room of doom. Well, first of all, he'd probably Rob, make a thousand bucks. He won't do that. No, he'd He'll make a thousand bucks. No, no, no. I, I won't pay unless he works. And well, Zach already has a job. Well so yeah, have a job. see for me though, if you go back to when we were in college in the nineties, there was kind of a point where I was reading a lot of strips. Again, there was one briefly called the angriest dog in the world that I read, which was about this dog who was angry. But that's that's really literally all there was to it. I think it was uh, drawn by uh, one of the guys from Blue Velvet. And there was Tank McNamara. See, Tank McNamara. He was Sports awful. Sports humor. And there was Funky Cancer Cancer. Well, that, when did... <coughs> whoa. Excuse me. When did they start focusing on the Cancer Cancer stuff? Because I don't remember that uh, whenever I read it back in the... 
I 80s and early 90s. I want to say that the first really serious and dark storyline started in the 90s because I want to say that Funky Winker Bean was all about <laughs> it was about music. It was about music stuff. Sorry, I said Winker Bean and it cracked me up. Yeah, but Funky <laughs> Winker Bean at one point was all about um you know, high school and band camp and all that stuff. Yeah. I want to say that there there was a reboot in like 1993 where they jumped forward and the kids were no longer high school students and they were all like, hmm, what's this? You know, and the the whole thing where everything started serious and yeah, it started uh, progressing in real time in 1988 and getting and then in 2007 did the second time war getting serious and getting dark. And there's nothing wrong with that. And then it also started getting really preachy and really hammery on the head for me. But that's, you know, that's fine. But don't you have the same problem with BC in that it got uh, preachy and literally preachy? BC was hysterical, though, because BC was probably one of the largest cases of, of the creator kind of missing the point of his own creation to me, because BC was ostensibly cavemen. Right. And seeing these cavemen, basically, you know, it, it was one thing when I was a kid to see, you know, Archie. There were the Spire Christian comics that featured Archie. And there were comics with, you know, Barney Bear, who I knew from Woody Woodpecker cartoons. And they were all trying to tell me, yes, you know, this is the way to go and and praise Jesus and bloody blue. But at the point when the cavemen got in on it, I was just kind of like, wow, I may have to enjoy this on the same level that I enjoyed Todd Browning's Freaks. Mm. Speaking of which, Zippy the Pinhead. Never read any of that. Oh, gosh. Zippy is fun. Zippy is fun uh, if you have a tolerance for non sequitur. Because mm-hmm. there comes a point with the non sequitur where. Well, it there was feels actually a strip like, called non sequitur. Yeah, it was a ripoff of the far side. Sure, it was. But the thing about the non sequitur storytelling is that after a while, sometimes it can feel like, look how random I'm being. Look what I can do. <laughs> so if you have a, a small tolerance for that, that, you know, kind of thing. Zippy may not be the thing for you. Zippy is wonderful in that if you go through, there are really deep overarching themes and and moments, and there are meta statements about the industry and meta statements about art and music and all this stuff. But then it's also just a goofy guy saying funny stuff. So you can enjoy it on both levels. Mm, Okay. You know what I read this last week when we started talking about comic strips? What was that? The original uh, Doonesbury Yale strips. Hmm. I have a collection from like this 1970, blah, 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 of all the strips that uh, Gary Trudeau did at Yale. Back before there was Walden, back before any of that, it was the original strip. And I think it was like the college something, the college follies or whatever you want to call it, that led to what became Doonesbury. So you see, you know, the early appearances of Mike and Zonker and BD and all of these characters who would eventually grow up to be something entirely different. And it's it, it, it's freaky to see him being kind of carefree and weird and not necessarily worrying about the character arcs or anything, just going for a joke. Yeah. Vaguely racist. At one point, they're in the middle of a, a football huddle. And BD is like, all of you guys are slacking. What have what have you got that I don't got? And the, the African American player looks up and stands up and says, "Soul, baby." Yeah, yeah. And yeah. BD is like, "That's actually a good point." And that's the joke. And I'm like, "That's a little bit racist and also kind of entertaining." Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I couldn't decide whether I was offended or not, so I just went and laughed. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, the it, it led up to all of the stuff where, do you remember, did you read the stuff where during the Watergate crisis? I have they, read bits and pieces of it going back through. You know, I was a little bit too young to be reading Doonesbury during uh, yeah. Watergate. I was like three and four, so. But by the time they started collecting that, there's this whole bit where you'd see the outside of the White House. Right. And then you'd hear voices from inside, and it would be Nixon. Right, and right. And, but isn't that how he's handled a lot of his presidential stuff, well, where he didn't yes. have to draw him, Bill, he just show the Bill White Clinton, House? Bill Clinton was uh, a waffle, I believe. <laughs> and uh, uh, George, I think George Bush may have been just a, a bomb, a lit bomb floating around or yes, something. Yes, yes, I remember that. But, you know, there there are moments where... You, the, the, when they're talking about the Watergate and they're quoting Nixon on stonewalling and during the strip, they're building this wall in front of. Oh, yes. I have read that one. Yes. And then the day that Nixon resigned, you see the strip. It's a silent strip of the wall being dismantled in front of the White House. Yeah. Cool. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah. I mean, there's some, I mean, there have always been some really, really good comic strips, Mm -hmm. but I don't know how, how so many of the really bad comic strips and this i mean this would be good to ask scott kurtz next time i talk to him name drop um because he's all into i mean he went through the whole scott kurtz he he went through the whole process of trying to get his stuff syndicated and then ultimately deciding not to but it's just if there are so many really great comic strips out there that get published and were published why are there so many bad ones now and i wonder if it's just because People aren't reading the newspaper, so there's not the budget to go out and find the next uh, Calvin and Hobbes type story or actually find a really good uh, far side that isn't a ripoff of the far side. There's some of that, but then there's also the expectation that they are a very disposable medium. And when it comes to your comic strips, especially, you know, the really weird ones where it's the same joke every week, like zits. Yeah, zits is the same way. Yeah. Where's my keys? In that pile of dirty laundry. The awesome people tell me there's a wonderful, awesome chunk of zits back when it was wonderful. But somebody on my Twitter feed actually recently said, I can't stand zits because now it's all just about how the parents hate their kid. There's like four strips where it's just the parents being hateful about their own children. Right. And then there's what is it, Curtis, where the kid has flights of fancy, but he's not Calvin. And I, (laughs) I don't think that the syndicates are really going to do something wild and crazy unless it's 100% clear that that wild and crazy is ridiculously complex and 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 well-formed like Calvin and Hobbes. They're not going to take a chance on a Bloom County again because no. their their revenues are dropping every year. They need to stick with what works and what works is peanuts. And what works is is peanuts when you call it something else. We're going to call this week. We're going to call peanuts something else. We're going to call it get fluffy. Yeah. yeah. We're going to change things up and give it some snarky humor, but it's basically going to be peanuts or Garfield. If people God help me, if people Garfield invite has people been since he starved to death in that house. <laughs> and, and for people and, and by people, I mean, Zach want to read uh, some of these I comic think. strips, head over to gocomics.com. That's where they collect a lot of these uh, strips. So if you want to go and read Calvin and Hobbes, they have them there. If you they want to read Garfield, Hawks. they have Doonesbury, they have Get Fuzzy, they have Foxtrot, which we haven't mentioned. I really like Foxtrot. 
Foxtrot was interesting for a while. I haven't read it in years. Uh, Dilbert was also funny a while, for a while, but they have Dilbert there, Luann, they have uh, Herman, about, um, uh, Better or Worse. Is Kathy still published? God, I hope not. Uh, Cold mm-hmm. Sack, which is a really good strip. Uh, people should read that. Um, you should go try and find Starhawks. Star I don't Hawks see Starhawks in here. This looks drawn to be, by Gil Kane in the 1980s. does have Nancy in there. Nancy? What's has Nancy? has Wizard of Id. You know, Nancy and Sluggo. Oh, it does have Kathy over Kathy? there as well. Yeah, Ack. Kathy. Um, does it have uh, Supernatural Tracy. Law? No. <laughs> uh, there's a couple of other sites that you go to. Go Comics is one, and the other one is, let me see if I can find it. Um, if you're looking for Zits, uh, Arkamax, what is it? Y. Yeah, com. A-R-C-A Max.com. Has comics and they have Agnes and Andy Cap and Archie, uh, BC, Baby Blues, Bizarro, uh, Kathy, the Chuckle Brothers, Doonesbury, Dustin. List goes on and on. It's really quite a long list. Zitz is on there, Zach Hill, uh, Thin Lines. A lot of ones that I've never heard of. See, so, and I like it when the, when they take uh, characters so I guess from the, other media and turn them into comic strips. Well, I guess the Spider-Man. question... Yeah, I mean, those are always good, too. I mean, you read The Prince Valiant, which was just a Sunday strip, but when they did take Batman and Superman and Spider-Man and tell those, you know, really, really weird, really weird way to tell a Spider-Man story, because you've only got, like, four panels. Yes. And you've got to tell a story, and then it's told a little bit the next day, but the first panel was already always recapping what happened the day right. before. So mm-hmm. you really only got three panels to tell your story. It's and hard sometimes, to tell an ongoing And adventure. sometimes the fourth panel would be that big question mark. What will happen next to Spider-Man? <laughs> and it's like, so you've got two panels to tell a story and it just felt like a lot of those Brenda star was the same way. Um, uh, where it just felt like the story was Rex, grinding. Rex Morgan, MD. Well, Rex Morgan, the same way. It just everything just feels like it grinds, 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 grinds because you've only got a little bit of space and so much time is spent either recapping or telling us what's coming up next. Yeah. Is the ultimate place then now, Matthew, for, or Zach, I guess you can answer mm-hmm. this too, uh, no, for newspaper comics, not. web comics? Is web comics where the place you go for your comics? Yeah. Is that where you go for your newspaper comics? Yeah, it kind of is. And part of that. Is that a that, sad st- state of affairs? No. No. Because I don't read the newspaper either. The last time that I read a newspaper for anything other than the comics, and even that is just, la, 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 here's some comics. I don't know that I've ever gone and said, I'm going to go buy a newspaper because I really want to know what's going on in the world. <laughs> Or because I really want to know what Ann Landers thinks. Or She's because, dead. you know, sometimes you buy a newspaper because your kid's on the front page. Or sometimes you buy a newspaper because, I don't know, something weird has happened and Batman is on the front page. I remember doing that in 1986. Oh, yeah, for uh, Death of Robin. How, bam, Biff, comics are grown up. Did you know that? Really? Mm-mm. Yeah, but they were for kids. They're not for kids anymore, bitch. Now, was that the headline? <laughs> I would like to see the New York Post uh, run with that. You know, the New York Post would. Actually. Yeah, they would. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Uh, so that's kind of a thingama thingama. But I, I don't necessarily know that I'm upset that instead of 
buying the Wall Street Journal, I, you know, I go to the website. You go to PVP online or you go to what is it? Menage three. That's a good one. Uh, Menage. Yeah. Menage three. That was good for a while. And then for some reason, I just dropped off of that. I used to have a whole list of my yeah. web comics under my dailies section. Um, you let's had see. like 80 strips. Oh yeah. Here they are. Um, Atland, um, courting disaster, control, alt, delete, cul-de-sac, devil's panties, uh, diesel sweeties, devil's panties. Yeah. That's actually pretty good. I think that's, uh, the- Danielle Corsetto, I think does that one. Let me double check on that one. Wasn't that a Beck song? Got the devil. No, Jenny Breeden does in that my one. Mind. Um, man, the list goes evil ink. If you like your superhead superhero stuff, Brad Gigar that does that. Uh, Joe and monkey when it ran, I still give that guy crap almost every, at least once a month about when is Joe and monkey coming back. Uh, least I could do. I still find that incredibly funny. Although a lot of people find that offensive. Penny and Aggie, <laughs> Penny arcade, questionable content. Um, Ducks. Silent Kim Kimbley used to be good when it updated on a regular basis too. Sinfest. What's what's that one with the large breasted Sphinx girls? Oh, um Wapsy Square. Yeah, you yeah. made me read eight hundred and fifty pages of that thing once. Dreamland Chronicles is really good. Yeah. Um I mean there the list goes the, on and the, on and on. I mean, and there's something the out comics, there for everybody. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's so the many web comics out there, it's hard to find stuff. Experience has changed. I mean Probably the closest thing that I find to the classic comic strip experience anymore would be maybe the order of the stick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because I want to come back. I remember when I was a kid trying to find we we would go, my grandfather would go and have his hair cut every week. And we would go and I would read Tin Tin out of the back of highlights or some such. And I would be like, Oh man, I want to read more Tin Tin. I want to know what happens next week. Oh yeah, Tin Tin's great. The only time that I feel that anymore is something, you know, specifically with Order of the Stick. But things like that, that have that ongoing narrative, even Menage a Three, which is for about the last six months, been nothing but porn. Oh, has it? Because yeah. I just, I just. Naked girls. Right now, the latest one has four naked girls in it. There are six characters in the strip. Four of them are naked girls. Thankfully, they're not all in the same place. All the naked girls are in the same place, but not all the other characters. But more importantly, you know, you get to a point where the storytelling. Oh, yeah, they are naked. They didn't used to be naked. Oh, yeah, they're naked. They didn't used to be naked. They've been naked. Dee Dee's been naked for like six weeks now. Last time I read it, they they were not naked. Oh, they're naked. They are. Oh, baby, are they naked? Dee Dee's been naked forever. For Um, a while, Dee Dee and Sonya were naked together, locked in a closet. (laughs) One that is super, super dirty. Uh, yeah. is, um, Oglaf, um, O L G A F Oglaf.com. It's really, really dirty. Brian, uh, D and D Brian and I just get such a kick out of that, um, yeah. that strip, but it, it is really, really, someday D and D Brian's going to learn about girls. It <laughs> is really, uh, not appropriate for any audience, no, uh, but not. it's still funny. You um, have to be like over 30 and really, really bored. Yes. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's web comics out there, and it's it's a shame that newspapers aren't what they once were, where we would rush. And I know for some of us, even in high school and college, and we talked about this before, Matthew, part of the appeal of getting the newspaper was so we could read Calvin and Hobbes in the far side. And oh, sure. on the way to that section, or while we were waiting for Ed Yarmer to finish reading it, you know, it took the hour for him to read every <laughs> single 
the whole page of the comics, we would sit down and we, we would read things that were actually <laughs> reading the far side. Uh, you know, while he's reading the far side and contemplating on it for 30 minutes, we would go and read the rest of the newspaper and learn about <laughs> the rest of the world and what was going on. You are so mean. So no, I'm not. <laughs> I only speak the truth. Uh, and if people yeah. think the truth is mean, well, good morning. You know um, who else spoke the truth? John Leguizamo <laughs> in that uh, that Baz Luhrmann film, and look movie. what it got him. <laughs> yeah, he, huh? Yeah, true. Let true, true well. Yeah, Nicole. Nicole, what's her face? I'll tell you. Yeah, yeah, I don't even Nicole Sullivan. That's who. <laughs> no, that's a good movie. I'm gonna watch Nicole it again. Austrian. Have you watched you that? Have you ever watched Moulin Rouge? Can that be a oh, yeah. I think it actually is on. It actually is on the list. Moulin Rouge. Oh, Moulin Rouge that's... is one I actually watched in that film class on campus. It's, no, that, did you really? Yeah, we really did. You actually watched it? Yeah, okay. So on Casablanca, or uh, um, sorry, on the Zach on film, we've got Chinatown this week. The next week is Singing in the Rain. Yeah. We might as well offset that that with Moulin Rouge so you can see yeah. two ends of the musical spectrum <laughs> and have that I conversation. Mean. So. Yes. Yeah. Right. So, listeners, if you want to know what we're talking about, we're talking about another podcast that we do with young Zach. Zach, fill us in on what Zach on film is all about. Zach on film is about me not knowing about old stuff. And so we watch yeah. the old stuff and then I learn about uh, yeah. film aspects and all the great stuff we can learn from old movies and how we can apply those into the current and make better movies for you but hopefully to also, all enjoy but not, not also not how we can apply those to the movies but how other people are adapting that into what we see on the screen today true so exactly. when we compare when we compare singing in the rain to moulin rouge there is a there is a lot of similarities between how you do a musical story the big difference is well, we'll talk about it when we get there. Right. Zach on film, check it out every Friday over at the Major Spoilers Podcast Network, Master it's Feed. A preview. And I think that wraps it up for this issue. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of the Major Spoilers experience. Next week, I'd, Matthew, did you get that email I asked you about Heroes for Hire? I did. How do you feel about Essential Heroes for Hire? If, Wait, if just we a collection can get of it. Heroes for Hire. If, oh, we, can, can, if we can get it, then we will take a and look I at it And I work in a comic week. shop. I will order that mofo. All right. Why are I we going to take a look at Heroes for Hire? Because we know that you love comics, and we do too. And we will talk with you soon. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at Twitter.com slash Majorspoilers. Fabulous revision of a Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as that comic book store guy knew, he kicked my butt out on the corner. Yeah, what a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Oh, wait, I think I found a better way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just buzz through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the would deal with all those tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. 
How would I bag and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. surprised to find that I might actually have the heart cold to follow an entire storyline. One I really even need to keep up on all those escapades. I mean, who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe? But the downside is such a beast. Being caught up in a fun bee in the Middle East with a king set the wind soldier. Spoilers is copyright 2013.